Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA and so glad you joined us. No matter where you found us on the podcast universe, we are there and we are bringing you the leaders in dentistry, the thought leaders, the people who are out there lecturing. They're on this podcast, including our dear friend and dental pharmacology expert, Tom Viola. Tom, my friend, how are you? Good, Kevin. How are you doing, my friend? How are things going? Okay. I'm all right, buddy. Uh, you know, for our okay. listeners who have heard Tom and I talk forever, uh, we actually saw each other at Yankee, uh, which was, uh, you know, a, a great surprise. So I yes. didn't get the beverage, but at least got a hug. So I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> any day of the week. Uh, I agree, buddy. The, de- the beverage is coming, but at least we got to see each other in like two ships in a night. We grabbed, grabbed each other, had a hug, and we moved on. So that was, that was Oh, good. we had lecturing to do, man, I tell you. So, yeah. You know, and, and I'll have to admit, I was that fly on the wall. I peeked in. You had another packed house in Boston. I know people always love to hear what you had to say. And you've got something really interesting to share with our listeners today. Well, I don't want to pass this opportunity to say I indeed did the same for you. I poked in my head in your room, and I saw you had those dental assistants in your room enthralled. You had them wow. hanging on your every word, man. So nice job. You had a great group. Thank you, my friend. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about what's new. I, I don't know if anybody out there has, uh, has seen it, but back on January 12th, uh, which seems like a, a year ago now, uh, the FDA had posted a warning about dental problems that are associated with buprenorphine uh, medications uh, that are dissolved in the mouth to treat both opioid use disorder and pain. Okay. So the, on January 12th, the FDA put out this warning that said, what, you know, we, we now recognize that uh, dental problems have been reported with these medicines. They can include up to, uh, the problems can include things like tooth decay, cavities, oral infections, and even loss of teeth uh, that they've received case reports on. And uh, they can be serious enough that uh, they're actually starting to affect patients with no history of dental issues before. Oh, wow. So that is definitely something that got a lot of people's attention in dentistry because normally the FDA issues warnings and we sort of uh, filter it through the dental filter and say, okay, how does this affect us in dentistry? But this is directly aimed at us. And at the same time, even though the FDA is, is posting this warning, to basically dental professionals that are saying, and very clearly in their warning, that despite these risks, they believe buprenorphine is an important treatment option for opioid use disorder. And they believe that the benefits of using these medications clearly outweigh the risks. Mm, interesting. So, yeah. Now a little background on buprenorphine, just so you know, you know, you may not recognize buprenorphine, but you may recognize the drugs that include it, such as uh, Suboxone. Uh, which is available uh, as a sublingual film. And then we have Zubsolve, which is a sublingual tablet. And there's even some buccal tablets that are available. All of these are are ways to get uh, buprenorphine in the bloodstream uh, through the mucosa without necessarily having to swallow it because buprenorphine really isn't absorbed very well when it's it's administered orally. It's much better absorbed when it's it's, uh, absorbed transmucosally. So... You know, one question that that I heard recently, and I would love your take on this. Uh, let's talk opioids for just a minute. What happened? In, what have you seen about opioid use during COVID nineteen? Did it go up? Did it spike? What What did you see? What have you heard? I've heard conflicting reports. As a matter of fact, Kevin, I've heard some people say that opioid use went up dramatically during the pandemic and 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 lockdown, and I've heard the opposite. I've heard that some people actually were able to to in some cases. 
um, work out of their their addiction to opioids by taking advantage of programs because they had the time to be able to take advantage of those programs. And you know, a lot of those programs, depending on the state you lived in, uh, either involved medications like the ones we're talking about now, like uh, sublingual buprenorphine tablets, or in some cases, even uh, drugs uh, like Vivitrol and Sublicade, which are injectable drugs uh, that you get at your doctor's office that help, again, prevent relapse uh, after uh, uh, after addiction. But the, the, the best part about it was the people who had the time were able to go for rehabilitation uh, and actually successfully kick their habit. Some states even allowed um, them to use uh, marijuana, cannabis, mm-hmm. Uh, to help uh, work out of the opioid use disorder. So uh, interesting stuff uh, uh, available out there in conflicting reports. You know, and and one thing, you know, we're talking about Boston, and one thing that I talked to a dental assistant about after my lecture, uh, and you and I have discussed this so many times, the, the health history report and how important that is. And she was talking about how that they really, in their practice, I don't want to say slacked on it before COVID, but how important it has come since COVID. And I know every time that you and I talk, it, it feels like that we're emphasizing how important this is. But every time the FDA comes out with something, it just, I don't know, alarm goes off in my head that we've got to be doing a better job of this in all areas of practices around the country. No question about it. You know, especially when something like this is highlighted directly towards us in yeah. this industry, towards dental professionals, uh, this is our chance to shine. You know, we, we, we take uh, great lengths in dentistry to make sure we're delivering good care uh, and we're doing the best job we can to make sure our patients receive pain-free dentistry. Uh, so we're definitely involved in prescribing opioids when necessarily. Uh, sometimes that can lead to opioid misuse, unfortunately. But we do a really good job in dentistry, I, I think, in prescribing because we really only prescribe exactly what's needed. I don't think in all the time I was a pharmacist, I ever saw anyone prescribe uh, more than you know 20 or 30 dosage units ever uh, to treat uh, dental pain. So I, I know we're doing a good job in, in prescribing appropriately. Um, but when something like this comes along that's directed at us, it's almost like the rest of the medical professions are looking at us saying, okay, well, you know, we're looking to you now for guidance. You know, what, what should we do? Should we be sending patients your way? Uh, and that involves us maybe taking on some new patients. And as you said, you know, taking good medical histories, understanding uh, what patients are using. Uh, if they do have an opioid use disorder, you know, making sure we identify it and make sure we don't prescribe opioids uh, to those folks if they're in an opioid treatment program uh, and making sure that uh, if they are using drugs like Vivitrol and Supplicate and Suboxone, uh, that we make that noted on the chart so that any dentist, whether we have the, you know a primary dentist or an associate, uh, make sure that they're well aware uh, before they, they, they sort of, quote unquote, take paper to pen and before they prescribe electronically. Uh, but also the rest of the profession is, is looking at us saying, what, what should we tell our patients, you know, before they come to see you as the dental professional, what sort of guidelines can we give them? So again, we turn back to the FDA and the FDA says, you know, patients using buprenorphine medications that are dissolved in the mouth sublingually have, should take extra steps. Now, the steps that they recommend uh, are a little uh, out there. So the FDA says after the medication is completely dissolved, take a large sip of water, swish it gently around your teeth and gums and swallow and then wait one hour before brushing your teeth to avoid damage to your teeth and to give your mouth a chance to return to its natural state. But again, I don't know if every dentist would, would agree with those recommendations. And so again, we'd have to go back to the FDA and say, well, where did we get this information from? Was it a, a, a panel of experts that you consulted? Um, 
my my opinion on this is I think nothing substitutes good dental care and regular visits to your hygienist and your dentist and assistants can really take the lead here because when taking a medical history or when interviewing the patient, when getting information about the patient, they can find out if they're using these medications or at least be able to pass on information to the hygienist or dentist to take a look in, in the patient's mouth for, for these types of problems and, and put two and two together. Um, now, the thing I wanted to make sure we talked about today, Kevin, was what if you have a patient who's suffering these problems and has not made us aware that they're using these products? Yep. Uh, you know, so for some folks, there's a stigma attached to these products. They don't want to basically tell the whole world that they had an issue uh, with opioid use disorder, and they'd rather you know not mention it at all. Yet the telltale signs are in their mouth. So it's going to take a, a very gentle hand here in leading this conversation, uh, and and making sure that we're getting all the information we can. This is another time when using the prescription drug monitoring program, the PDMP, is invaluable because. If the patient's taking one of those medications that we just talked about, again, Vivitrol, Sublocade, or Suboxone, that medication will appear in the PDMP. So you may not even have to have the conversation. You can look the person up in that state database, as we like to call it, uh, find out if you're using these medications, and at least be able to piece this together, especially if it's a younger person who ordinarily has not had dental problems before. And, and again, this is where the assistant becomes such an important bridge between the dentist and the patient, between the hygienist and the patient. And and I want to encourage everybody, and, and Tom, please correct me if I'm wrong, this is a chance assistance for you to use that knowledge and for you to absolutely say, if you see something that could be an issue, don't don't just sit on your hands. Say, you know, you know let's make sure, you know, the patient is taking this, so we need to make sure about. I mean, it. This is a time when, when assistants should use their voice, right, Tom? Couldn't have said it better. Kevin, you know, I've said a couple of times on this podcast and, and in my regular lectures out there that, you know, the assistants are the front door to the practice. They, they are, the, in some cases, the heart and soul of the practice because patients see them more regularly than they see the hygienist or anybody else in the office. And sometimes I'm more likely to know the assistant's name be more comfortable in speaking with them than the dentist. So that's fine. And, and, and I love that part of, of the fact that den dental assistants play such an important role in practice. But to your point, this is even, uh, even more important now. As a dental assistant, I'm seeing a patient who I've never seen before, who never had any history of dental issues before. But now because they're using these medications, medication-assisted treatment is what we call it, you know, now they have an issue and it, it may be overwhelming for them, especially since they're dealing with opioid use disorder as it is. And now they're using these medications to treat their opioid use disorder and it's causing them even more complications. So this is the chance for the dental assistant to not only get that information and capture it early on so we know why the patient's seeing us today, but to also reassure them and say, look, you know, it's not something that's unique. We've, we've now we've seen other patients with these issues. The FDA has reported this as a known issue with these medications. It's okay. We have an expert team here to, to help guide you and, and to not only perform a baseline evaluation of where you are, but really establish a, a, a prevention program and also to encourage them to see the, the, the dentist regularly and regular dental checkups. You know, and, and one thing I want to go back to that you mentioned was how patients can sometimes be hesitant to share the information. And yet we know it's so important that they do. And, and I think we've got to figure out in our industry, in dentistry, how to make a dental practice 
a safe zone, for lack of a better term, where people feel safe sharing and they're not going to be judged, they're not going to be lectured or whatever it might be, but they understand that sharing is important because this is health as well, just as much as going to their doctor. It's a difficult conversation uh, and it's a difficult uh, interaction to have in a, with a patient, especially a new patient uh, who you don't really have a previous history with or don't have a, or an existing relationship with. But it's very important to make sure that everyone in our in our care and dentistry understands that we are not the opioid or substance police, yeah. that we are not there to, you know, to slap their wrist or, or, or you know, give them uh, strong words of advice on how they should live their lives. You know, of course, we would never do that, but they, they may feel that as healthcare professionals that we would be so inclined that really what we're there to do is get the information, use the information in the best way possible to establish a treatment program for them and, and follow that treatment program and make them partners in that treatment program so that they realize, okay, I'm using this medication-assisted treatment, this Suboxone, this Vivitrol, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really happy about it. Um, but it, it's, I'm, I'm moving on in my life. I'm moving away from opioid use disorder. Uh, the doctor recommended that I use these uh, sublingual uh, films and tablets because they're a little more uh, cost effective for me. Uh, and now I've got these extra problems. But, but luckily, I have a great dental assistant who is caring and understanding and approachable. And, and they can help me you know, understand why this happened and more importantly, how to prevent it in the future. I, I, I love that. And I know this we're just brushing the surface on this i know that there's a lot that we could get into that we don't have time on the podcast so assistants listening to this you know i know we have dental professionals of all walks who listen to this podcast so tom if they want to reach out to you to get more information what's the best way to find you my friend you can find me anytime on my website it's uh, tombiola.com and uh, anytime on social media at uh, pharmacology declassified and i look forward to it kevin you know dental assistants to me are, are some of the nicest folks I've ever had the opportunity to interact with. They reach out to me online all the time. They send me emails. Uh, so my email is tom at tomviola.com. So please uh, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to talk to you about any issues you might have in your practice as far as, you know, how to deal with uh, medically complex patients. And uh, I'm, I'm always open to any information you can provide to me because I've often said I learn a lot or as much from dental professionals as I think they learn from me. And just put in a quick plug here for Tom. I know Tom's going to be at the Chicago Midwinter meeting. I know he's going to be at the Hinman meeting. Uh, this is a man who is at a lot of meetings all over the country, and it's always a, a blessing to be able to run into him uh, whenever we're together. But certainly put that on your bucket list to, to go hear Tom talk at one of these meetings because I promise you, you will learn a lot. And my friend, I always appreciate you sharing your knowledge on our podcast. Uh, I know the assistants appreciate it a, a lot. Thank you, my friend. I was, I was so tempted to walk in your room and just give all those assistants a big hug and say, thank you for what you do. But, you know. <laughs> I will give you one right back. I promise you, man. <laughs> Even in the age of COVID, I know uh, Tom Viola with yes. lots of hugs and lots of folks for the information he shares. So, uh, Tom, my friend, as always, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, my friend. Keep doing all the good stuff that you do, my friend. Thank hey, you so much. Honored to do this. Honored to have you listen to this podcast. I know this. your time is valuable, so we try to bring you the best information, the latest information from dentistry's experts like Tom Viola. So make sure you're subscribed to us. If you like what you heard, we would love to get a five-star rating from you wherever you get your podcast. Tell your friends about it. Tell your colleagues about it because we want to spread the good information as much as we can. But for now, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA, signing off. And as always, reminding you that together we rise.